You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. I wanted to make a podcast. First of all, I don't make many in uh, recent years, <laughs> recent months, because, uh, you know, there's less to be fired up about with Trump out. And my personal life has been pretty mellow, pretty fine in recent months, too. So not really a lot that stirs me up to thought. But uh, in recent weeks, I am thinking more again about romance, men and women, interactions between them, etc. And, you know, my last podcast was about dating as an older person, obviously very something true to my heart, something relevant to me. <laughs> but... um Something I wanted to specifically talk about in this podcast, and people are free to disagree and uh, think what they want to think on their own. Unfortunately, I can't have a back and forth uh, on it, but I'll put my two cents into the pot on the issue. And that is the issue of uh, how women, and this is, I'm state right from the beginning it's a sexist podcast if sexist means i believe that the genders both of them have specific traits that relate to their hormonal makeup and their gender and i think that people don't behave as you know non-gendered beings by and large i think that part of the confusion or or the uh, stress that some of us feel uh, to the gender neutral elements of today and the confusion over gender is the fact that uh, some of us, including me, believe that gender is very st- a strong factor in, in determining uh, pe- personalities and, 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 and judgments and things in, in, in some ways. And um, I just believe that from my life from living it. So when people say I'm they, them, I'm, I'm no gender, I'm both genders, I find that uh, dis- disturbing or, or alarming, not because of the person not assimilating to one gender or another, feeling whatever they feel about themselves, but because uh, I have less of a handle on what to expect from them. Because I think, uh, like I said, genders are determinative of behaviors a lot. It's certain in certain situations and settings. I think you find uh, over time that it's almost it's a scientific study, as it as it were, about uh, how people behave based on their gender given certain situations and factors. So, I believe that women have certain traits and factors by and large that they behave a certain way, and I believe it about men. Um, some people call that you know sexism some people call that you know i don't know mis- mis- misogyny if they're really extreme haters of anybody talking about women as a group um i just call it reality <laughs> i call it reality and one of the ways that i believe women are are unique and uh, from men and um a way that they uh commonly behave uh in relationships is a trait that you might be surprised to hear. I don't like. <laughs> you may be surprised to hear this is a podcast about a trait uh, that women exhibit, <clears throat> I think, as a gender by and large, that is disturbing and hard to deal with and makes them makes relationships uh, tumultuous and, um, and difficult. Um, and I wanted to talk about it. 
Because I don't think it, I don't think we, I have never really heard anybody talk about this trait that I think women have that I think is very real. I think it exists and I think it's worthy of conversation and certainly worthy of trying to crush and destroy. And that trait is the constant shifting of male roles as a power tool in how to frame a relationship to get what they want. Can I repeat that? I'm not sure because I just said that off the top of my head, but it, I'm, <laughs> I'm accurately describing what I wanted to make this podcast about. Uh, so I, I should be able to repeat it, right? Because this is a thought I've had about women for quite some time. And I'm, so let me just talk about that again and restate it again. Women are good at, very good at, um, casting a man in a certain role, labeling him, uh, portraying him a certain way. And that, however they cast you, however they portray you, absolutely is a power tool because it determines where that relationship goes. And that could be in a given day, week, month, <laughs> or forever. And you don't know because they shift all the time. And that's the trade I want to talk about. It's not just that women cast men in particular roles in a relationship context, because they have a right to do that. We all have a right to assess people on the other side of us in a certain way. Sometimes they're self-assessed. Our boss at work is our boss. With that role comes an assessment, comes a, a set of unwritten mores, social mores, rules that give a power structure that we are not on top of. They have the power. They're the boss. And there are certain behaviors expected of us to kowtow to them, to show that we appreciate that they are in that higher role. And there is, that changes the nature of the relationship, um, You know, the level of things you can talk about, whether or not you can go out for drinks after work. And if you do, how late can you stay with them? Uh, what do you do on the weekends at a picnic, at a work picnic with them or without them? Um, you know, those roles are sometimes blurred and shattered when bosses have sex with their employees or otherwise date them. But uh, that's why that happens, by the way, uh, I think, in large part, is that taboo nature and the role creates this, this stress and this tension that's exciting so that people find their bosses and their employees sexier than they otherwise would in a different setting, in a different role. I mean, this is how people operate, Right. I mean, I hope that you can understand this, that I'm not getting too far ahead or, or, or you don't think I'm, I'm spouting off nonsense. Uh, people cast each other in roles and relationships and they, their behavior towards one another is very much determined by the, the roles that they allow themselves to be in. This is how society functions. Um, when we shift those roles, the behaviors change and the comfort levels and the ability to say certain things we feel and not say them. And everything is dependent upon what roles we allow others to be in for us and what we allow them to place us into. And it's very clear, or if it isn't, uh, I'm certainly someone who really needs to clarify what role I'm in and not just with women, but with, you know, my children, with my father, with my sister, with my, you know, my bosses. I need to clarify. I, I can understand if I'm in the brother role or the son role or the father role or the employee role, you know, but I want to know 
where that other person sees that role's limitations. Where are the boundaries? Can I push it a little bit? Can I get a little bit more out of it? Uh, is it even or am I powerless because of my role? Um, you know, for example, a father and child relationship might change over time. When a, when a person, when a child is a minor, uh, he may accede uh, more power to the father figure or mother figure, parent figure, because they know they have no choice. They have no legal rights and they're living under their roof, etc. And so there aren't many conflicts that come up because anytime there is one, the child loses and they know it. So they just shut up and storm off to their room and throw a fit or just keep quiet. And if they keep quiet, the parent might think that the relationship's going beautifully, that everything's wonderful. And that whenever there's any kind of issue, the parent says well, the way it goes and it goes that way. This is a wonderful relationship, isn't it? Wow, it's great. And meanwhile, that child might be resenting every single time that happens, might be boiling underneath the surface. And by the time they turn 18, man, they may be out that door so fast that you won't even know they're gone. And they may not come home for holidays or anything. And they, they, they might be... Uh, suppressing this tremendous desire to get the fuck out of there, you know, because you've been squelching what they want to be and they've only uh, kowtowed you because of that power role that you were in. Then they acceded to it. They, they decided to say okay to that role, whether it's because they feared trying to shape it or shift it or because they knew they had no right to shape it or shift it and they knew that you were right and they were wrong. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they may still say, I want to do me now. And I don't care that you were right or wrong. I say, I'm going to break this mold and break away. So that's one example. I just went into a specific circumstance where people have roles and they cast them and they can evolve and change. When the child grows and becomes older, Things that the parent maybe got away with saying and doing, they don't get away with anymore because the child says, I'm not a kid anymore. You don't get to tell me what to do with this or that. And maybe, uh, you know, with the like a bar mitzvah with the Jewish people, they they they, they I think they allow the, the 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 boys turning 13 to drink on their on their bar mitzvah, you know, and it's like a, a bar mitzvah is supposed to be for a Jewish male, the entrance to manhood. And that's what it is. And so obviously, if you do that as a Jewish person, you're supposed to, the idea is they're prepping you to shift your expectations of yourself and from others towards you as you go from boy to man. And so all of these things are in our culture where we have relationships, we set them up, and then they shift and evolve over time. And the thing, the thing that people have psychological illnesses and damage is the people that don't shift with them when they have shifted. Or people that shift too soon. They call it a personality disorder. Maybe if you're shifting into a role that you don't, that's not natural, that you don't belong in. That you're behaving with people in a way that's inappropriate is the word they like to use. Or they could find you to be just shifting too late. Like perhaps you're an adult now, but you're still acting like a child and you're dependent. And they call that a dependent personality disorder and on and on. They have all these names they can label it with. But what it really comes down to in my mind isn't so much a mental illness as it is a person's unwillingness to 
they they probably acknowledge and see the shifting in the the boundaries and status of the relationships that they're in with people. They just don't want to go with it. They don't like it. They want more power or more authority than they really are entitled to. That causes them to be labeled X, Y, or Z, but the reality is they just don't want to accept reality of the roles that they've been put in. Or maybe it isn't reality. Maybe it isn't reality. They've just been put in roles with certain people and they don't like them. And they don't want to just assent to that. And same thing with uh, the opposite, where maybe people are, you know, comfortable in dependent roles and they need to move on and change and be more assertive and more adult and grown up. And they don't want that because they're afraid and they're uncomfortable with stepping out and being more in a role of authority. And so they stay codependent or dependent because they um, are comfortable there. They're happy there. Um, so, okay, this goes on. I, I, that was just by way of explanation. This goes on in culture, in life, in America, everywhere in the world. But now bringing it back to the genders, okay. There was a phrase that uh, I heard growing up that I think is a brilliantly true phrase. Men pick, but women choose. And uh, if you don't already know what that means from the words, if that doesn't go, wow, yeah, that's true, then you probably haven't dated much <laughs> or tried to date much. Because what it means, obviously, is uh, to those of us who have been around the block a few times with women over the years, you know, the man uh, often, although not all the time in today's culture, but often has to be the one to make the first move, uh, has to ask the woman out on a date, ask her to the prom, ask her if they can have sex, um, ask her if, for a kiss. Um, but that's just picking. Choosing is, is more of the power. Choosing is... Uh, who to say no to, who to say yes to, how to say yes, to what degree you say yes. That's where women have the power, and they always have. And so the Me Too culture of all the pressure for sex, pressure's in the eye of the beholder. If women have felt pressure over the years to perform sexually or otherwise for men in certain settings where the men have power because of they're trying to get a job or they're trying to keep their job or whatever, or the man's big and strong and they're afraid physically. That's one thing. And that happens and that's real. And I'm not diminishing that. But I'm talking about something that's completely different, which is where there is no established role, power, uh, position where the man has power. Uh, or a physical difference that's in any way threatening or real. I'm talking about a regular situation where there's a woman, there's a guy. They're both objectively equal. They're in the world. They're meeting. They're talking. They're dating. Whatever. Uh, and who has the power to control where that goes? Nobody is a boss. Nobody is an employee. Nobody is being strong and flaunting their physical superiority. 
nobody is holding the key to somebody's future success. If you fuck me, if you do this, you know, nobody's exerting undue influence. None of that me too stuff is going on here. Okay. Um, what I'm talking about is where you have a normal generic guy, exhibit A and exhibit A1 or exhibit B is the woman, a normal generic woman. And they are interacting <clears throat> in that situation. Still, a man picks, but a woman chooses. And that means that in the end, even without any quote unquote power, the woman has the power. And that's why the Me Too thing is a little bit hard to swallow at times, because the reality is in every setting, the woman has the power because she can always humiliate, degrade and destroy anything a man does to her unless he you know, kills her, unless he literally like kills her. But even if he rapes her and certainly if he does anything less than rape, certainly if he makes a comment they always have had and do have the power to destroy that man to other men, to other women in any way they choose, especially if they realize that they have the power. I think a problem that a lot of women have experienced over the years is they don't understand necessarily the nature of their power. So maybe this is a bad podcast because it's going to alert more women to use their powers that I don't want them to use which is the recasting of roles of men once you get a relationship with one. Once you start dealing with a man. Now, I made a previous po- uh, podcast years ago or months ago, and I'm sure it's not even in existence anymore. I deleted a lot of my old podcasts about the friend zone. It was actually quite good one. I was pretty on it, on target that day. And, you know, how you don't want to be there and all the circumstances and the reality of the way women behave to stick us in the friend zone. It's not a you know unique topic. Everyone's aware of what it means and what it is. But there are so many variances to the friend zone. You aren't just in a friend zone. You're in a heavy petting zone. <laughs> You're in a sometimes kissing zone, never sex zone. You're in a sex zone. You're in a kinky sex zone, but not an intercourse zone. You're in a... Uh, role that you are a friend, but also I love you zone. There are variations on the friend zone. None of them being the, oh my God, I'm hot for you and I want to fuck you zone. Which is again, what a woman has to choose. The power to find the man sexually desirable and therefore someone that just makes them want to give it up regularly is not with the man. It is something the woman sees, whether it's real or not. The masculinity, the confidence. Some woman described it to me once as uh, they like men that are just comfortable in their own body, whatever that is. <laughs> in other words, they don't like rippled chests and strong arms. They just like men who are comfortable being them. And those men all tend to have bigger arms and ripple chests and everything else. But the point, the point is certainly none of them are overweight. Most of them are over five foot six at least and so on and so forth. But be that as it may, the idea that, it, that the, the thing that makes a woman desire a man sexually has nothing to do with the appearance of a man. Of course not. It is just the comfort of that man being a man. It's their essence. And so 
women throw that around a lot and use that as a tool to make you accept why you're not accepted by them as a man. And then suddenly they do accept you maybe one night, right? And they make out with you or fuck you or whatever. And then the next time you see them, they suddenly say it was a mistake or that they were drunk or that that was just them trying to be kind. And they'll shift it back to something else. And this can go on for years uh, where a woman who has sucked your cock and wanted you inside of her can talk about you as though you've always just been her friend. And a woman who has told you that she loved you can tell you that she just cares for you. And a woman who says, you know, you're the, the most important person in my life can then say, Joe, Joe Smith, who I met three weeks ago, is more important than you because he's my lover and you're not. And lovers always take priority over friends, et cetera, et cetera. These are shifting the roles they put you in. On one day, you are their boyfriend. On the next day, you, of course, were never anything but a friend. Then the next day, you are some, one, to, one of the people that they engage in sex with and they're slutty. And then the next day, they never had sex with you. You overread it and the person they're fucking is, of course, sexual and therefore more important than you. Then the next day, another guy who uh, is not in a sexual relationship with them is still more emotionally attached to them than you because of something about him youth, body, I don't know, something that um, you don't have. Therefore, even though you've been more intimate with this person than that person, because of that something they have, suddenly that person is also slotted above you and you are beneath them. And, you know, as men, when we're, when we're pining for a woman and we, we've decided that's a woman I'd like to date, we put them in a role of woman I'd like to date woman I'd like to fuck. There are, there are variances, but pretty much it comes down to, is this a woman I want to date? Is this a woman I want to fuck? Is this a woman I want to marry? That's about it. Men are pretty simple. And I think that at the end of the, or is this just a friend? Is this, a, is this a woman I'm willing to be a friend with versus is this a woman I'd like to date and see where it goes versus is this just somebody I'd like to fuck and don't want to even be friends with them versus is this someone I want to date, fuck, and I love or want to love or would like to love. Um, it's pretty simple, though. That's about it. Uh, four categories. I mean, where with a woman, uh, one day you can be the prospective boyfriend. The next day, their literal lover. The next day, just a friend. The next day, a father figure. The next day, uh, somebody who they never had any interest in and you, they never viewed you as attractive. They'll tell you that after they've already fucked you. Um, the next day you'll be a person who should obviously understand that you take a back seat to somebody they just met. I mean, their ability to shift your role for you against all reason and facts is something women like to do. And they do it often and they do it in order to prevent to protect themselves from their own uh, infidelities and bad decisions. 
they will make you know in no uncertain terms that you're in, that they like you, that they're attracted to you. And then they will, at some other point in time, when someone else has gotten in ahead of you, let you know that you were never in and you're delusional and you're crazy and it's all in your mind, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the trait that I'm getting at that that I think needs to stop. It's bullshit. It's not attractive. It's lies. It's gaslighting. It's gaslighting. Because uh, you only have your interactions with people from which to assess where you stand with people. And the roles that I talked about earlier, whether they be at work or in any family setting or with a girl, are based upon what happened with that person. If they're not based upon uh, actual uh, mar- like I'm married to them or uh, they're my boss, uh, then they're based on, well, they kissed me and told me that they were in love with me. Well, they fucked me. Well, they uh, laughed, but when I flirted with them, you know, looked away or turned me down. Well, they uh, are dating someone else. Well, they told me that the guy meant nothing to them, but I mean everything. Well, you know, what they say and what happens shifts and changes your perspective. And you should be allowed to rely on those facts. They are facts. And the fact of what happened between you and a woman and the fact of what the woman tells you should be allowed to hold true. And when they clash and are inconsistent, that shouldn't be okay. Women should not be allowed to change facts and change what has happened to suit how they want to slot you on a given day based upon some other guy that comes along who they suddenly want to slot higher. The facts as they exist between you and that woman should still hold true. And put it this way. If some change in circumstances has changed their heart, has changed their interest level in you, uh, once that happens, the fact should be that you are allowed to leave that relationship if you don't like where she has slotted you. There should be no dispute about the matter. The moment something happens to cause a woman to change where you're slotted and it's slotted and she's downgraded you, there should be no debate, no argument, no confusion over you as the man, your ability to tell her, well, obviously, dear, (laughs) you understand I was slotted up here before. You told me X, Y, and Z. We did A, B, and C. Now... You're telling me I'm slotted at a different place down here. And you're pretending that these things that happened didn't happen because that's what suits you now. Certainly you can understand why now I am no longer accepting of this relationship. I am not going to accept that role. You have changed where you're slotting me. The role has changed. I don't accept that. I don't want this now. Thank you. Goodbye. That is not enough. That is not enough. Instead, what women do frequently is try to pretend that they didn't slot you lower 
or that you were always slotted lower. They try to berate you and make you, they gaslight you. They make you feel that the facts that happened didn't happen or that you were never at a place where you were with them. Um, Or they try to pretend like uh, it's awful of you to accept, to not accept where they're slotting you, even though they've changed it. You have some sort of moral obligation to bounce with their ounce as dictated by the appearance of other men in their lives, that somehow you have some obligation to them based on as a friend out of your years of connection or whatever to allow them to just jerk you around and change your slotting and to still be there for them. And they act very shocked and surprised and hurt when you say, what the fuck's going on? No. And they don't. And then they hate you. And then you're hated. And then this person that you've been through hell and high water with and have really stuck in there with, they just, when they don't get to just jerk you around and slot you somewhere differently and you stand up for yourself, they make you feel guilty. They make you feel like a bad person. And they hate you. And they don't change. It doesn't go away because they're incapable of knowing how sociopathic they are, being women, in changing the slotting of men in their roles and relationships. They do it so incessantly. They do it so uh, instinctually that they're not even aware or they refuse to recognize just how unstable, unappealing, and unfair it is. And this is the part I, I think it needs to be talked about. Women don't get to say, today you're this, but now you're gone. Why do you think men have married women so much over the years? Even women they didn't want to have families with or have kids with. Certainly today, uh, there's there's fewer and fewer legal benefits to marriage. Um, there's So there's fewer and fewer reasons to marry. But one of the big reasons men wanted to marry women and want men proposed is because they wanted to say, you don't get to change the roles. You accept me as your husband. So therefore, if you try to change my role, I'm allowed to be upset because you agreed to it in writing, in paper, at the justice of the pieces or at the church in front of your mom and dad and my family. And You agreed to this role. So don't try pretending I was not in the role I was in. That's why a lot of people want to get married, precisely to define the roles. Because if you don't marry a woman, oftentimes she'll change those roles on you any chance she gets. And and then she'll gaslight you when you say what's going on. And you have to really stand your ground. And it takes a lot out of a man. Because I'm telling you, of course, the more money, the more money well, yeah, that too. The more time and emotional investment and love that you give in years to a woman the more painful it is when they pretend like none of that happened or shift your role down to something beneath some guy they just met. And you'd be surprised how many women do that. I know a lot of women might say, well, that's, uh, she's just a slaughter, that's just a cold-hearted person, or you just haven't met the right woman. But that's not true. I mean, it's not true. I've met a lot of women. I've met a lot of women. And I'm telling you, this is something most of them do. They reslot men as they see fit and they give an impulse. It's, a, it's an estrogen-based trait. It's a trait of their gender, and it's not attractive. And 
A lot of women like possessive boyfriends and jealous boyfriends precisely for that reason. They are aware of their tendency to be erratic and unstable when it comes to how they see their man. And so they like a man watching after them and being strong-armed about uh, how they behave because it helps them. It helps direct them, redirect them. It helps keep them loyal, keep them faithful. It helps remind them of reality. It helps remind them of the role that they have accepted and that they've put their man in. And it helps them stop from pissing that away based on impulse. An impulse driven by their estrogen level, by their hormone level, by the fact that they're a woman. And so I would like that reality to be acknowledged more between the genders. That women do that a lot. And it is hormone-based. And it is gender-based. And it's no good. It's shit. And it's unattractive. And we shouldn't have to be a jealous, angry, strong-arming type of man to prevent women from doing that to us. It should be something that they work on, that they get stronger at, that they try to overcome, that they recognize in themselves as a weakness, and that they work on trying to cure. And we as men shouldn't be blamed for their weaknesses in that regard. We should be sympathized with, and we should love one another as men, and we should come together and say, yeah, dude, I agree. I know what you're talking about. And, you know, don't beat yourself up over the fact that this happened to you because it happens to us all. We should support one another and love one another and acknowledge that this is something women do. And it is, frankly, I'll use the word because women love to use it nowadays. It's abusive. It's abusive to, to take reality and facts and relationships that you've worked on and established and just shit, shit on them and shift them all over the place based upon new stimuli that comes into the woman's life. You know, frankly, another man or another woman if they're bisexual. And bouncing with that ounce and shifting and accepting, I'm in this role today, now I'm in that role, now I'm in this role. I mean, it's something that uh, if you're trying to be kind and respect a woman's judgment, it's what you got to do. But the pig males who don't respect a woman's judgment, they don't get treated that way. Precisely because they don't respect that kind of bullshit from a woman. And surprise, surprise, women don't give those types of men that kind of bullshit. So what is really going on here? Do we men really have to be kind and just respect everything a woman says and capitulate and then get shit on as they jerk us all around? Or should we be stronger? Well, guess what? If you're not comfortable, if you're not the type of man who's comfortable in his own body, if you're not that type of man who just has that masculine energy... You'll never get to be that way. You can't pretend to be something you're not. So if you are a compassionate, empathetic man who's in touch with his feminine side, who's conversational, intellectual, not Mr. Macho, then you are just fucked. You're fucked. Because you can't control those women and shape them to treat you with respect. But if you respect them... And allow them to shift and be who they are out of respect for women. And because you are sensitive and you know if you try anything else, you'll get slammed. Slammed by any number of attacks on you. Because you don't have that strong, abusive, masculine shittiness that they seem to like. So if you capitulate 
and let them be human beings and let them do what they feel and respect their feelings, you will get shit on as they shift you from one role to the next until you're shifted right the fuck out of their life. And of course, they don't want to lose you because you're a good person and they value things. But if you try to leave them because of the way they're shitting on you, they will make you feel like you're a piece of garbage and they will destroy your sense of ability to even understand what's, are women worth anything? Is it even worth you talking to them because they've gutted you? Every time you try to deal with them, they gut you and they tell you you're so awful when all you did was try to stand up for the fact that you wanted the primary role in their life. You wanted the role that they are able to give a man and you thought you had it and you got part of it and then, then you got another part and then you got nothing and then you, and they jerk you all over the place. And when you finally say that enough, enough, now you're an, a monster. Meanwhile, the guy that just bullies them 24-7 because that's in his nature and he never respected them. He's a wonderful guy till the day he dies. Your kids love him. Your kids leave your house and go try to live with him. They try to live with the abusive guy that beat him with a belt when they were kids. You know, the girls never leave them. The girls still treat them wonderful. After, you know, whoever they had babies with, that's the man. Of the, he just, you know, the abusive guy gets all the wonderful treatment after a divorce. The divorced intellectual uh, sensitive artist husband gets fucked over. This is the reality. Why? Because women have the power to choose how they cast men. And if you give that power to them unassailed, they will destroy you because they're awful with it. And it needs to be stopped. Because I don't think I or you or any other man has to be a macho abusive guy in order to keep from being jerked all around and then villainized. I think we should be allowed to be the kind, empathetic, intelligent, supportive men we are and still be slotted as a number one guy for a woman and then kept in that slot. I don't think we should feel threatened or worried about these dung heap guys. And I don't think we should be allowed to be shit on by these women shifting how we're perceived and treated all the time. Now, what can we do about it? I don't know. Number one, acknowledge it. Listen to this podcast 20 times if you have to. Talk about it with your guy friends. It's reality. It's reality. When you're kind to women and allow them to control how they slot you, it doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. So once we acknowledge that as reality and that it is gender-based and that this is something women do to men, the next thing is got to stand up for ourselves. Got to stand up for ourselves early on. Because I do think that if a woman likes you enough and did slot you highly enough to kiss you, to fuck you, to think of you as her boyfriend at some point, then when she slots you down, you need to get out immediately. You need to see that immediately. You need to walk out immediately. Now, I know this is hard because relationships take time. And when you love someone and you're really into someone, you forgive them. It's natural. So it's really hard to say, okay, wow, this woman did this to me. Am I making it up? Am I being overly sensitive? Am I reading into it? No, no, this happened. Should I really throw this whole relationship away over this when I still care about her and we still have these other things? And the answer every time is yes. Yes, you have to. Because the only way that woman will ever see what she did and acknowledge it out loud 
and realize it was a big mistake is if you walk away and stay away. Only distance and silence can ever make a woman realize she jerked around your slotting and de-slotted you and it was unfair and wrong. Only your silence and your disappearance and you standing up for yourself, self-respect as a man, as a man, will get a woman to do that. If you do it initially as a reaction, but then capitulate and forgive them, you're screwed. It's only going to get worse. You have to make the stand and stay there. And if she never comes back, so be it. Frankly, even if she does come back, it'll probably still never work. Honestly, I believe women, will, there are certain guys, they slot number one. And, and those guys will always stay there. And probably I'm just talking about a lot of cases where you're just mid-slotted and sort of high-slotted, but never really rated. And unfortunately, I think that's most of us to women. I think that 80% of men, 90% of men never quite slot for women. I think women want it all. They want it all. And I don't think most of us will ever quite reach that level where we're in and we're staying in forever and we have nothing to fear. And I honestly think most of the guys that do reach that level are assholes. I believe this. So I think if you're a, a decent, normal, average, good guy, don't have those you know, Adonis characteristics that women seem to need before they really slot you number one forever, then you're probably going to struggle the rest of your life with women. But you're definitely going to struggle. And it's going to be awful and it's going to be miserable. If you don't stand up for yourself the moment they jerk you around, re-slot you and play games with what they've shown you, change the facts, gaslight you. If you don't stand up for yourself immediately when that starts happening and pull out and go silent, there's no chance with that woman or any woman. The moment you start thinking it's okay to put up with that kind of crap is the moment you will be alone for the rest of your life. Hi, I'm alone. I'm 55. I've been alone 21 years for the most part. <laughs> I'm living proof of what I'm preaching. Don't do what I have done. <laughs> Don't go there. Don't keep accepting the roles that women put you in. Don't forgive them. And don't apologize when they've crushed you by switching you from a higher role to a lower role. It's not okay and it will never be okay. And it's never going to change for the better if you accept it. They're never going to slot you higher again. Or if they do, it'll be temporary. And then you'll be slotted lower again the next time someone else comes along. And on and on and on. It will never resolve in a way that you like unless and until you say goodbye. This is unacceptable. This is bullshit. Until you admit it and acknowledge it, I'm done. And you go and you stay gone. That's the only way to fix a situation with a woman. And once you start understanding that and behaving that way, I'm convinced although I've yet to do that regularly, I'm convinced that that's the only way I won't be single for the rest of my life is once I start not only preaching this gospel, but living by it. Now, again, it's scary. You meet someone, you like them, they slot you high, it's clicking. And then what the fuck? It's changed. What happened? What happened? I'm supposed to walk away from this all of a sudden? I finally, after a lot of effort, found someone. And it's connecting and it's working. But then she threw me for a loop by changing shit. I have to throw this away? It's so scary. But yes, yes, you do. You have to throw it away. 
and the sooner the better. Yes, you do. It's the only way she'll come back. And it's the only way you'll find someone who doesn't throw you away. Because you know that energy they talk about in a man, that comfortableness in his own skin? I think it comes from men who aren't afraid to walk away the moment a woman treats them with disrespect at a level at a level that isn't you're the man I want to fuck, to date, to marry. They need to be thinking of you that way. Maybe not the marriage, but you're a guy. You're a man. I'm going to put you in the man slot. You're going to be a lover. I'm going to give you my body. I'm attracted to you. I, I enjoy your company as a man. I want to be with you as a man. The moment they don't see you that way and you let that exist, it's over. It's over. So the moment that you can tell that you're not being seen that way, get out. And if that means you date a girl once every time and leave every time, so be it. So be it. If it means the next time you meet someone and you think it's wonderful and you date for a month, but then it changes and you don't want to let it go because that was a month, too bad, too bad. Better to give up that month of you, you of where you thought there was a connection than to live in hell with that woman for another month or two or three or three years only to discover nothing changed. That first month was great, but once she slotted you down, you, you were fucked. And sure, you went up and down, up and down over the next year or two or three, but you never got back up to where you were. It was over. When you saw that it was over, it was over, and you never get it back. And you're not going to get it back by capitulating. You're not going to get it back by agreeing to the new lower roles and then higher, then lower again, then higher that they shift you. And it's just not going to work ever. And you'll just end up being the bad guy in the end when finally you get the courage and bravery and intelligence to say, fuck this shit. You'll just be hated by that woman forever. Or if you had walked away from her right away as soon as she dropped you down. She may come running back and ask you to marry her, or at least she'll regret what happened. And when you run into her the next time, she'll think of you as a really great guy, that great guy that had the courage and intelligence to get the fuck out the moment she started behaving like an asshole because she has a vagina. I love you. Please, I beg you, adhere to this advice. It'll save you years of misery, years that you don't want to have. Trust me, you don't want to have. Yabba da boop bop.